In this episode, we're talking to my friend Nico De Bruyne. Now, Nico is a very interesting fellow. He's a social media marketer like myself, creating ton of, tons of content and doing social selling, content creation, and lead generation for his clients. He also has an agency called Boundless Media LLC. And the interesting thing about him is that while he's all about the content and creating value, he seems to put no value whatsoever on the likes and the views. If he does a post and he gets one comment, and then he will make sure that he will interact with the person that commented. He will um, send them a DM and then he will turn that into a sales conversation every single time if the person is relevant. And that really stands into contrast to a lot of the LinkedIn influencers who are just chasing likes, chasing views, but honestly do not really do anything that um, affects their bottom line. Um, another thing that he shared was um, how he creates four to five posts a day with like one minute of effort per post. Honestly, this blew my mind uh, just how efficient he is at creating content, but also how he makes sure that that content is relevant to the target audience every single time. Um, I was surprised with Nico. I didn't have super high expectations for him, even though I knew he was a legend. Um, but when I talked to him, I was just so impressed at how practical he was, how much tactical advice he had for the people at home, and just how willing he was to share. And stuff like this, where people are telling you, hey, this is what I'm doing um, in order to generate leads on business, even for high ticket items, um, people usually don't really share what they're really doing, but he literally just did it live on air, demonstrating his um, methods for using social media to build relationships, open conversations, and ultimately generate revenue. Really impressive episode if you ask me. Don't forget to subscribe and enjoy the episode. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the TMF Picnic. Today we have with us a really cool guy, Nico De Bruyne. Uh, he is doing actually something very similar as me. Uh, he's helping clients manage their social media social media accounts, community, growing their communities, creating content, all this sort of stuff. And we connect really well because both of us like to do the social media, Gary Vaynerchuk stuff. But then we also like to make sure that this actually affects people's sales pipelines. Um, one, one thing that stands out about Nico to me after reading his little uh, questionnaire that I sent to all of our guests is that Nico does whatever it takes. You know, like if he has to sell uh, empty Apple boxes, he'll do it. If he has to, <laughs> if he has to direct message a thousand people, he'll do it. Yeah, that's if, it. <laughs> If his parents force him to finish college uh, in a nutrition degree, then he'll just do it, you know? And I think in our generation, we've had it a little bit too easy. A lot of us have had it a little bit too easy. And finding somebody that will work hard for it and build their own way and, you know, craft their own path, I think it's a rare thing. So when people like, like, like Nico and I meet, I think it's always interesting because we understand what it's like to not feel like you're doing the right thing right now, but do you have a clear idea of where you want to go? So my first question, uh, as always, is, okay, I've given you this, this tiny little intro. You have your social media content out there. You know, you're a loud guy in the sense that you're out there, you know? Uh, 
in the sense that you're making content. Mm-hmm. What is something that people should know about you if they want to understand, okay, this is what Nico is about? It all boils down to one specific phrase, and I'm pretty sure I stole from someone eventually. You know, I, I can tell we both read a lot of books, listen to a lot of podcasts, and my life is really dictated by one statement, which is, I want to leave every single person better than I found them, right? So if you really want to get to the core of who I am, what I do for my clients, what I do in marketing and and life, that's the only statement you need to ever worry about. Because here's the thing, at the end of the day, if I know I am leaving a client better, they're going to refer me to someone else. If I post something and it's genuine, it's really bringing value to someone, I know I'm going to get leads from that, right? So I'm going to be taken care of by taking care of the people who I have their attention in that moment, right? So leaving every single person better than I found them, that's the core of like who I am. Like if you, if you were to go like take the onion and really boil it down, that's, that's the core of it all. So. so we're immediately going deep and we're finding like a little bit of the cross section between marketing and, and spirituality. And before the, before we started this call, I said, this might go to weird directions. So I'm, I'm glad, glad you, uh, got us started <laughs> that way immediately but it's um, so true though right like if, if we just really think about what i just said and what, what you just you know echoed on that it's so impo- it's so important to realize that social media is just a different type of networking event right like you would not go to a networking event and just start spewing out random facts or trying to close people on the first thing and you wouldn't be inauthentic because in, in person you can smell that out right like so why why bring that here on, on social or like LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram? You know, why do that? Just be nice to people and nice things happen to you. It's uh, it's super simple, right? Yeah. And, and it's, it's also like, if you deconstruct that for a second, if you, if you say like, okay, social media is like a networking event in a networking event, what will happen? You, you're, you you show up, you make a line of contact with somebody, you know, you talk to them. You listen to them first, you start understanding a little bit about what they're about. Then you go a little bit deeper, you start figuring out what is it that they're struggling with. And then after figuring that out, you might like give them a little bit of a tip about this or that. So that Mm -hmm. the team maybe can solve one of their bottlenecks. And only then would you ever think about, you know, selling them some stuff. Oh yeah. Or at least if you know a little bit of sales that you, you wouldn't. Put, put the card before the horse in that way, right? And in oh, social media, we can do the same thing. No, it's it's you know, and the only only small thing I would say to that is the one thing I think people keep forgetting is not everyone's going to be your customer. So like, with with us too, right? You, this relationship if you were to go with that old mindset, it wouldn't make sense because I'm not going to sell you anything on this call. You're not going to sell me anything on this call. It's like, what's the point? But it's networking, right? Like, we don't know where this is going to go. I don't know if I'm going to get a person who's interested in social media in Europe. I can't facilitate that. Now I know someone who can, right? And our connections, um, you know, go much deeper. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it, listen, this is how we start this, right? Let's, we're two, two guys who are uh, obsessed with helping people. So that's where we went with this. Yeah, for sure. And, and that really leads beautifully into something I definitely wanted to discuss with you because I saw it on your website uh, is you, one of the things you guys offer is social media content strategy. I mean, content strategy in general, but with knowing a little bit of your background, I would assume a lot of that is social media based, right? Yep. 
Uh, and and we have we have developed our way of doing the social media content strategy. Uh, but I'm definitely very interested in hearing like how do you think about content strategy for social media? Because in my opinion, most of the information out there is just ridiculously bad. <laughs> like it doesn't even make sense how bad it is. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm just so excited to meet somebody else who's actually been thinking about it. And I'd love to hear what you're thinking, what your thoughts are. Yeah, you know, and I think before we jumped on, we we're talking about how we have a medical background, right? You and I both studied medicine in uh, college. Someone was smarter than I was and dropped out and pursued marketing fully. Um, and the other one stayed in uh, and suffered through it. But in medicine, the biggest thing that we're taught is you can't put a Band-Aid on a problem, right? You really have to dig to its core. And once you know what's at the core, then you fix that. Then all the you know, side effects go away. So it's less about, oh, our social media engagement's down. We're not getting enough website you know, visits or unique impressions. Um, that's a side effect. There's something before that. And that's what I like to call the strategy, right? Like if your strategy is not good, of course, you're not going to see the results you want because the strategy is wrong, right? So my way of thinking about content, especially on social media, is regardless of the industry, I mean, I work with lawyers to people in biotech to, you know, uh, like cleaning businesses and all these people are online, right? All their customers are online. So for me, it's how do I tell them a specific thing at a specific point in time for them in the context that they want to hear it? So that's really, that's all my strategy is. Who am I trying to talk to? You know, is it a lawyer? Is it a mom? Uh, what do I want to tell them? You know, it, do they have a problem, you know, that I can solve or do I have a solution that is perfect for them? And then how do I tell it on video on LinkedIn or text on Twitter, right? That's really all I try to do. So my, my content strategy is super simple. I want to get your attention by entertaining you in some form or fashion. I want to educate you to build trust with the end person that I'm trying to talk to, right? Because if you know who I am and you don't trust me, you're not going to buy from me. If you don't know who I am and you can't trust me, or you, you know who I am, but you can't trust or blah, you trust me, but you don't know who I am, like, that's not going to help me at all. And the last one is how do I engage with you? Because you know as well as I do, if, if people come to my website and they're ready to buy, they'll buy. But most likely they'll need to know, do you... Do you think you can help me specifically? So that's when you have to engage with your customers, right? You have to put out you know, demos and live chats like this where you answer questions and uh, really make the sales process super transparent because people don't buy if they don't know what they're going to get. And in social media world, it's super easy because there's people that are like, I can, I can post a hundred times a month for you. Yeah, I can too. But like, is it going to convert your end audience? Maybe, maybe not. Like I love a good cat video and a good TikTok, but is that going to convert me? I don't, I don't know. So that's really like all I focus on is like, how do I tell content to a specific person? What am I going to tell them? And what's the context that they're going to be on, on Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever platform. And then how, how do you figure out what it is that you want to tell them? Man, it's super simple. I asked them. So we like to overanalyze like what, your end audience. We like to guess. Like that's that's the problem in our industry is there's a lot of guesswork. Mm -hmm. For me, go ask your audience. Your audience right now, if you go to any social media platform and you look up hashtag real estate or hashtag um, social media marketing, if you just look at the hashtag and you follow within a couple scrolls, you'll see someone posting a question and then some people talking about it, right? So if mm -hmm. you go to that profile and you say, oh, I'm trying to reach someone in a real estate 
you know, a business that needs help with social media. Here's someone in real estate talking about social media. And in the comments, there's questions about it. I directly copy and paste those questions and then create content around that, right? It's user generated content, except that's specific to the audience. Otherwise I use, you know, ask.com or Quora.com, right? I look up real estate and I go there and look at questions that people are asking, right? How do you, I, as a real estate broker, you know, sell on Twitter? Perfect. I'll whip up my phone and make a video how to do that with the story of how it relates to them. Because the advice is always the same, but the situation that they're in is different, right? I'm going to tell a banker or someone in finance the same thing I'm going to tell someone who's a baker, right? I'm just going to change the example and the you know background I have on them. So it's super simple. Just go to where, go to the audience that, because they have questions, right? There's reasons FAQs work really well. Mm. They ask questions. Yeah, those are some really good ones. I, I, I definitely think that like scouring those websites like Quora, YouTube, whatever, even like Reddit to find people's questions. I think that's a super brilliant uh, tactic. And it's more scalable than people think because the first time you look, you might find like five questions and people might be like, okay, I've done those five questions, but go back next week. You're going to have five, you're going to have five more, right? So it's something yeah. that stays relevant as well. The only thing I'll say to that is you're going to post those five questions. And if you do what I just talked about, which is the engagement, if you engage with those people, like, you know, let's say I post about how to use social media uh, in 2020, right? Which I've done. If I just post about that, people are going to jump in and be like, oh yeah, that tip three was really good. I'm like, okay, what was tip three? Why did they think it was good? They make more content like that. Or someone might be like, that's great, but it hasn't worked for me. Then I can engage with them on these platforms. I can find out why they they think it didn't work or they it didn't work and I can help them. And I can use that content because it's user generated and user accepted to talk about more. So again, like if you, st- like my strategy is start with 20 questions and then you can probably make a good 200 pieces of content from that. I post five times a day, not because I'm smarter than anyone else, because I ask a question, I look what people say to that question, then I answer the questions that they have, then there's more questions. You, you see, it's just a feedback loop. You just have yeah. to start. How much time do you spend on this? Ten minutes. Day? 10 minutes for five pieces of content. Original. And in 10 minutes, you, you both get inspired and you write and you post and you engage. Yeah. How's it even possible? That doesn't make any sense to me. Dude, technology. So we will, we'll, we'll do this one really quickly, right? So I'll show you exactly what, and the camera might not show it up. So I'm going to go to Quora real quick, right? And there, a screen share if you want on the browser. Um, yeah, it, this, it'll be super quick, but I'll just, I'll just uh, read it. Right. So this question says, uh, is storytelling and marketing even a thing, right? So if you have an iPhone or any type of phone, right? If you go to your notes section and you say, so the question was, um, is storytelling relevant in marketing? You go to the auto dictate button. You just say, storytelling and marketing is very important. And I'm going to talk about the three examples and how you can use it. And what was that? Maybe seven, eight seconds, right? So I'll be... I'll be, I'll be recording this as I'm walking to the gym or I'm making a coffee, right? I find dead space in my day and I just fill it with answering questions. 
this legendary dude. That's really nice. And, I mean, like you, you have time right now when you're just, we all do it, right? We go and scroll on our phones. Like I do it when I go from my room to my car, it's 35 mm. seconds. If I can answer a question really quickly, copy and paste that and post it. Why not? Like that's a minute. Awesome, dude. That reminds me a lot of uh, Mark Metry. He's also mm -hmm. posting like a million times a day, every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you something else. So awesome. one of the things that we've noticed with our clients and people that we worked with in the past, whatever, is that oftentimes we feel they don't have enough insight on their current customers. Mm. So one of the things that I will always try to do try because we don't always get them to do it but one of the things we always attempt is to get them to interview their own clients mm -hmm. in order to figure out what is it that they were wondering about before they bought which which problem do they feel is being solved by the clients right now what are what were their doubts that they were having what was their first aha moment and then getting that information we've also figured out has a huge uh a huge impact on how 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 much the content we create and affects like the revenue because yeah. you know all of a sudden for sure that somebody that was in the awareness consideration and decide deciding phases we know how they were thinking and by by amplifying those thoughts into like our social into the social media of a client we notice that that really those the people that are in those phases themselves yeah and the only thing i'll say to that is are you asking your clients when they go and meet with, you know, have a conversation with them? Are you recording those conversations? Yeah, of course we got to try Good. to, but, of, but a lot of our clients, they're like, uh, they're like behind a lot of NDAs and stuff. So mm, they can't necessarily okay. share that information with us, but they can take notes for themselves and then talk to the copywriter about that. And now that, that works pretty well as well. Yeah. No, that, and, 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 uh, for people who are watching, they're probably thinking like, Oh, it's funny. Like you jumped to it and you, you had a response to it again. When, when you ask like how you, you can maximize those 10 extra minutes a day, there's a, there's a reason, right? Like even when you're saying like, you're really having these conversations with a client, if you just whip out your phone or like have a mic ready, you just record that that's, that's creating content without even thinking about it. So do, those first messages that you just mentioned, do you yeah. type them out later? Do you directly upload them? No. So I, so I do a little, <laughs> you want to get really tactical. So you've seen my screen record post, right? Where it's just mm -hmm. a screen record. So I will go to my notes section. I'll press the record button, right? And I'll just speak because now from that, I have uh, two different posts. So I have one of the message actually just being typed out and I'll post that. And I'll copy and paste the text that I have in there and I'll use that for another post a couple of days later. That's sick, dude. Actually, that's some cool stuff. So, so let's go through your strategy again, right? So mm -hmm. the first thing is you figure out who you're talking to as yeah. always the most number one, most underestimated part of marketing. In my yeah. opinion, you figure out what it is that you want to tell them and that you base on the question, the questions you find on social media and also on the feedback loop mm -hmm. from the conversation. What was the third part? You get their attention. Yeah. So, you know, uh, those, I think those are, those are keys, right? Those, those work within the strategy, but the, 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 my content strategy is very simple. It's three E's. It's to entertain, to in, uh, educate and then engage. Right. Mm -hmm. So the tips I gave about creating content that feeds into that system. So knowing who you talk to and then the three E's then 
help you create the content to talk to them. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's entertain to get attention, educate to build trust, and then engage to contextualize your solution. Mm. So, so if you have those, you have those pieces together, how do you, how should, how can people be sure that this is going to affect the revenue? Obviously for both of us, we've done this and we know, we just know it works and we don't need any more proof than this. But what I notice, people in older, older industries, they have no idea what, what any of this means. So for the people at home, they're still a little bit iffy on social media. How, how can people be sure this works? How can they make sure that, and make sure that it actually impacts the revenue? They, they should be iffy, right? Marketers are, or there's a book that uh, Seth Godin put out that said marketers are liars, which I did yeah. not know about uh, when I wrote my book, because my book is called We're All Marketers, right? So, <laughs> so we're all marketers and then all marketers are liars. So that those are the best ones. But the, the reason, like, I really want people to think about what's the ROI of any of the marketing that they're doing. If you have a PR piece out and you spend you know, 10 hours on it. How do you quantify it? Social media, people want to be, they will spend hundred, I've, I've worked with clients who spend a hundred million or uh, what is it? A hundred thousand dollars a month on billboards, right? A million, a, year, a million plus a year. And they know it works. But when I ask them to spend $2,000 a month on marketing, on digital marketing, they're like, no, 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 that doesn't work. So we, it's especially certain generations think social media is just this fluffy thing. Like I said, it's, it's networking, right? So if you think about how this content affects your business, well, you got to first, number one, test it out and make sure that it's right for you because maybe your billboard strategy worked really well because you had the perfect billboard spot, right? But probably wasn't the first one. You had numerous locations that didn't work and then you got your billboard and you're like, wow, that just brought in all the money. So what I would say to people specifically is, think about this as a networking game, right? So especially social media, like I don't, I, I work with clients on specifically organic. So we don't do any paid. So my clients are spending money that they usually would not spend on social media, not in ads, but in organic. And what we try and get them is about two to three leads uh, organically a week. One sec, sorry. One thing about having pets, which is always great, right? <laughs> <laughs> Special, special guest appearance, but um, apologize by that. But the thing I, I would always tell people, um, especially it, when it comes to like, how do I quantify this is, okay, what are you doing right now? Let's say it's billboards. Let's say it's magazine, whatever. What if you were to spend more time instead of having those passive marketing tactics, right? And more active. Like what if you were to go to 20 more networking events a month and they'd be like, oh, this is great. This is fantastic. Like, you know, we're going to meet all these people, shake hands. Like it's, there's going to be a connection there. And you and me know 20 networking events is, you know, let's say you get you know, a networking event is five hours, right? Yeah. So you just spent a hundred hours going to networking events. Now, if you tell them, okay, you can do that. It's going to be a hundred hours in their mind. They're going to be like, there's no way I got to do it. I have to run a business. I have to work with my employees. I have to sleep. I have to eat. Right. That's where we come in. That's where social media comes in. Because you and I can create content for a 24-7 networking event. 
And then again, I use content as a way to drive conversation. So if someone's you know scared about social media, number one, I, I, I want you to deconstruct how many hours you really on there. I love that iPhone has started to share how many hours people are on social media because it's gotten people thinking that, oh my goodness, like five hours a day on social media. It's like I'm, I'm on there for about an hour, right? 10 minutes creating and then 50 minutes engaging, right? So if you just take that conversation on like, how much time I spend on it, I'm less on there than anyone else, mostly, right? Um, I'm more, I'm more on, on leads and, and calls with leads, right? That's what I care about. So my thing is, how do you quantify? Start testing it out. Number one, do it for a month. See, see if your strategy is even right, because you wouldn't put good money after bad money, right? You wouldn't put good money into a stock that's tanking. So test it out, right? And just watch how simple it is to have that very first lead conversation. Because when clients jump on the phone with me, I don't have to sell them on anything. They've already done their research on all my social media stuff. They've gone to my website. They know what they want. They just want to know that I have the, I'm going to be the right person for them. Because the product is simple. It always stays the same. But the person, me, who they work with, that changes, right? So my thing to them is 24-7 networking event, right? You're going to be on there from your content's going to be there for more than a hundred hours and watch the conversations with leads, right? Um, the clients. I work for a tend to sell very high network or, or sell to high, very high network individuals, um, real estate in finance. And the one comment they always say is it's so much more pleasant on these phone calls. And I'm like, yeah, because your, your clients, the people who are coming to you have pre-qualified themselves because if they watch your videos and watch your content, right, which they are, they are going to go do research. Everyone does. Uh, you know, everyone's complaining about millennials not, not showing up to job interviews. And like, yeah, because they go and learn how shitty their, the company is from the employees that work there. They just go on their Twitters and see how bad it is. Right. So for me, it's watch how simple the sales process is after you have a lead from social media. It's so much better. You know, like I spend 17 minutes on average closing a client. That's it. From not knowing them to knowing them. About 17 minutes. Hmm. Have you noticed that when you do a lot of content, people that show up to the call, they're, they, I wouldn't really call them, they're prospects. That would be what we have. There would be one box you could pigeonhole them in. Yeah. But I feel mostly they're fans, you know. Oh, absolutely. You know, like you get these people and they're just like happy that they can talk to you. Like, hey, you're the guy who swears too much on LinkedIn and kind of looks like Harry Potter. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I really liked it when you made fun of that one guy. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is everybody business, you know. <laughs> Man, and that's it. Like, like I have never... and. I, I kid you not, and you can probably talk to talk about this too. If I have, to, you know, so I have a calendar uh, that people schedule links and then I'll call them, right? And you will not believe this happens every single time. They'll call, I'll call them. And the first ring, they'll be like, hello, who's this? And I'm like, hey, it's Nico from LinkedIn. And their their whole voice changes. It's like, Nico, I've been wanting to talk to you for so long. How's it going? Their whole, like, they go from this, like, controlled, like, oh, salespeople, salespeople, to instantly go in so yeah. yeah it's that's that and and you know to bring back to the monetary standpoint right i jump on about 
you know, with me posting five times a day, we're looking at about three to five, you know, I have a, I have a small following of about 6,700, um, about three to four leads come in. Again, I have to qualify them, make sure they can afford me. It's going to be mutually beneficial. I pick my clients. Um, they don't pick me. Um, because I want to know that because con- con- creating content for someone that you don't like doesn't work and I'm not going to force that. Um, so I, you know, for, let's say for a month, um, completely passive. Uh, so you're looking at 16 and then we close about three or four of them. So. So what are you doing to me- to like measure basically your actions that you're putting out there or measure like your success? Are you looking at likes per post? Are you looking at views? Are you looking directly at the CRM? How, how, how are you like measuring your, let's say, leading indicators, you know, the stuff, you know, before you make the sale? I listened to a podcast the other day and the guy, I've never been able to hear it articulated this, this best way, but he said the only metric he cares about is the at symbol. And I was like, hmm, what does that mean? And what he was saying is in your content, right, if I put a post or something, he said the best type of metric you can ever find is if someone who you follow at someone that you don't follow. He said, that's the metric we should care about because we need to be measuring how many, if I post a video or something, right, how many people are messaging me or having conversations with me, either in the thread of that video or direct messaging me asking more about that. So what I, again, there's vanity metrics, there's likes, there's impressions. Uh, An impression is just three to five seconds that someone saw your stuff. Could be useful, but what I care about is how many real conversations am I having based on the content I put out? So my strategy, even though I get a fraction of the likes that other people get, I comment back to each, if you post on my stuff, I'm going to comment back on you unless you're spamming me. And if I see that you even have an inkling of interest, I'm going to go message you. I'm going to click on your profile and spend six seconds say, hey, John, thank you so much for that. I'm glad that you found this useful. Do you want to see more of this type of content or not? Send. Hey, John, glad you liked it. I saw that you have a question. Do you want to jump in a five-minute phone call and I can explain to you the answer? That's what I care about because now John trusts me a lot more. And even if he doesn't buy from me, he's going to refer people to me. And it's going to be a small micro-investment from my time. And what people at home probably do not realize, probably have not even like... I mean, I'm not calling you guys dumb. I know you guys are all very smart. <laughs> oh, that would be that would be a spicy life right there. But um, what many people probably don't realize after hearing something like this is that you, let's say, seven thousand followers or whatever it is, you get you getting whatever amount of engagement. Doesn't matter if it's one or a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. You're gonna take so much more out of those interactions than some of the people I know, 100,000 followers, mm-hmm. 2,000 likes on every single post. That, like I, I, I legit know people, let's say 200,000 followers around, around that, 2,000 likes per post, whatever. I know people still hungry, you know, like mm-hmm. turning that into $0. And, uh, and, and people will sit at home and, and they'll misconstrue this and they'll say, like, well, stuff we're just doing it for money. That's not that's not at all what I'm what I'm saying here. What I'm saying here is that being a, tr- a true power user and being being somebody that actually 
uses posting to get real world results that will change the business of you and, and let's say your children and also your clients at some point, it's an entirely different thing than somebody chasing the followers and, and chasing the likes and cha cha chasing the impressions. If you have, uh, if you make one post a day and it gets one like, but that's a person that is, could actually, and, and then you actually, and then you actually reach out to that one person and they are somehow interested in working with you. It's much more valuable than getting a thousand likes and then just forgetting about, about all these people. And I really wanted to uh, like put an extra focus on that because what I've seen and, and I've looked behind the curtains of, of many people, uh, it's, it's a very different thing, you know, knowing what you're trying to do and not knowing what you're trying to do. It's an entirely different game you're playing. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is it's, it's human nature. Like in, in our, our primal brains, we think that, Ooh, more must be better. When mm -hmm. in I know is more is not better. If you're talking about leads and prospects and let's say you're even in a, um, a, uh, a product space, right? If I get 10 people that sign up for my, um, uh, you know, subscription business and they only last a month, that's not valuable because it took so much money to get those 10 people. But if I, if I have one person who stays for a year, they frankly have probably saved me more money and made me more money because they're probably better fit. Like if you, it's just, it's just, it, it's really, and you know, I, I push this for my clients because they're, they care about the, you know, I spend $500, right? So my, my services like 550 bucks for content creation, but I spend 550 bucks. I need to get more than that in. And I, I get it, but we misconstrue sales and marketing so often where I'm like, Perfect. I, I, I want you to win, right? I'm not over here like hoarding the $550, you know, I've employees to pay and whatnot. But if I can get you one person that, that that's perfect for you, that's, you know, seamless and, you know, buys your $100,000 product. Yeah. Like that was a pretty good investment for your time. And maybe it took a couple months, maybe that, but if, if you get that result and it's seamless and doesn't cause you any headache, why not? Right. Well, hundred percent, dude. That so, and like social media math is complicated math. But. Yeah, yeah, it's it's and, and there's you know there's reasons, right? It's when you're dealing with humans, it's always going to be different. It's always going to be difficult because what we like right now, like I love your background, but what if I don't? Right? Like what if I'm like, oh, that's gross. Like I don't like it tomorrow. And my what if my whole campaign was around this specific theme, and then one day they like it, and the next day they don't. Right? Like. So yeah, humans are interesting. All I know is like, in my experience, a conversation with a real person, right? Who's even somewhat interested in what you have to offer can never, can never be bad. Can never be bad. Tell me about your book, man. We're all marketers. We're, We're all marketers. Either. I need to send you a, I'll send you a digital copy after this. Yeah. It's super simple. So you and I have uh, nutrition degrees and that works really well. I don't have a degree. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, Dude, I, I, I almost did. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the I'm the unlucky one with nutrition degree. I think I use a superpower, but so I got my degree. Uh, I had a semester left, and I was like, I need to get a job after this, right? I was selling small things on the side, but I needed to get a full time job. And I was like, I don't want to go in healthcare. So instead of whimpering in the corner and asking, oh, woe is me. I decided to just start asking people what they did successfully at marketing. Cause I, I, 
I, I, I worked for free for a long time learning the basics of marketing, right? Uh, and by the way, for anyone who uh, who's, who might be interested in it, just direct message CEOs, CMOs. They don't get as nearly as many uh, messages as you think. And just ask them if you can do, you know, 10 hours of work free for them. They'll teach you how to do it. And you, you got a skill and it costs you a fraction of the price of college, right? Um, so that's what I did. Like I just asked a bunch of successful marketers, um, former CCO of VaynerMedia, uh, Steve Babcock, uh, a ton of great girl marketers, Wendy Stevens, uh, Mark Metry was in there, Q from LinkedIn was also in there. Um, and I just asked them, what did you guys do successfully? Like what, what's, uh, what, what, what do you think you would have liked to know before anything? Um, I, I put in the Pareto's principle. Like, what's the 20% that I need to know to get 80% of the outcome? Now I did that with 20 people thinking that, you know, I'll you know, get instead of, you know, 20% to get 80, I got, you know, what is it? I can't even do math. 20 times tw- you know, 20 times 20. 400%. There you go. There you go. I didn't get a math degree. Right. So, um, that's, that's it. So I wrote those down and I basically made the, the, I know you like Tim Ferriss. So tools of Titans, but for marketing. That's sick, bro. What's your favorite part? What's the best advice you got? You just put them on the spot right now. There's just so much, man. It's it's my thing is like just start with the basics. Like everyone's worrying about Instagram and Facebook, right? You should be worrying about like what is marketing. Like you should be less worried about like what's the algorithm doing today and more thinking about like what's the what's the things that make content work so that the algorithm prefers me, right? So like uh, one of the smallest, like we talked niche before, so I won't say that one. But one of them is like, how do you like, how do you like community manage, right? Like how do you use social media as a, as a uh, um, customer service tool, right? So that's that's super important because it's, it's cheaper to keep a client that's working than going to get a new one. Like we don't think about that. Um, another one's like your, your North star. Like we have a plan, but we shouldn't get diluted on where we're going. Right. Like if, if, if our business wants to be the best in this specific industry, that's your North star. That's where you're going. Right. But often like in, in the day to day, you don't see that, but you know, as well as I do, there's people who are working a job just, just to work in this one job for, for a year and they wake up 25 years and they're like completely away from where they want it to go. Right. Marketing is the same way. It only takes, only takes looking like taking your eye off the ball first quick second to completely mess everything up. So go to the basics. It's not that hard. Just go to the basics. That's for sure. It's so easy to get sidetracked because also like, especially when you're dealing with long lead times, yeah. like, uh, like if you're dealing with high end clients, takes them two years to close the sale. I mean, it's going to take a long time before you, before you realize you messed up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You be focused on, on the amount of sales calls and you, and you forgot, you forgot that they can only sell to companies 2 billion and up, right? Like you, you messed up a long time ago, bro. Like where's my money? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, and that's the thing. Like I, I'm, you saw the website, my website's very simple and transparent. And I, I very, have a very niche offering because I don't actually want to do proposals anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I, I decided two weeks ago, I'm just not going to do proposals because I spend five hours on them. And then I, I'm competing on numbers at that point. Uh, so I'm like, nope, not doing those anymore because um, I want to waste my time with them. 
<laughs> yeah, my new proposals are me sending an email with the prices. <laughs> That's so I talked to somebody for like 20 minutes. They're like super hyped up. They're like, can you tell me the pricing before I would also have like proposal slides? I remember you did a post about Dylan's slides as well. Yeah. I also really like those proposal slides. And now I've gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, I'll email you the prices of our different services that you can just let me know. And yeah. That's it. Yeah. Send up your URL, right? Be like, here's the website, right? That happened last night. They're like, can you put together a proposal? I said, no. And they're like, it caught them off guard. And like, but like, I need to know how you're going to do it. And my thing is, that's fine. If you want to pay me to do the proposal for you, and if you want to, you know, because that's happened before, like we really dug down and I'm like, these people only want a proposal. So I'll ask them, listen, I don't really think you want what I have to offer. I think you want my system behind it so you can go take that to someone else. And it's you know, hard calling a client out on that. And like, yeah, like, like, you know, they'll say no, no, no. And they're like, okay, well, I, I don't think there's a fit. And then they'll be like, okay, wait, how much would the proposal be? And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm f- you want to pay me for a proposal? You take my consulting rate, right? That's, that's- you're not even that expensive, bro. Like if they're going to start nothing. Yeah. If they're going to trick you on this, they're, they're going to pay like, Hey, gonna take this to somebody else so I can get it like what? 5% cheaper. Yeah. There's a, the, I was listening actually. And again, I stole this completely. I was watching the UK's uh, most hated salesperson. I don't know if you've seen his content, right? No. Uh, dude, check him out. Like I completely stole like doing the proposal and getting paid for it from, from his content. He's a fan. He's here on LinkedIn. It's pretty big. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's purely like, and that's why I think when, when clients, <laughs> when clients always come to me and this is very important if you're in marketing. Uh, so this is, this tip is purely for marketing. If clients come from me, uh, and, and they schedule a call with me and they're hyping me up. And at the end they're like, yeah, I don't know if that's going to, you know, I don't, I think, I think you're expensive. And I, and I keep saying, did I reach out to you? And they'll be like, no. And like, did I ask to jump in the call with you? And they're like, no. And I'm like, that, that's my results. So if I can do it for myself and get you into my sales funnel and you talking to me, do you think I can do that for anyone else? And they'll nine out of 10 times be like, that's a really good point. Sometimes I'm like, uh, we still need more stuff. And then I'm like, I don't want you as a client, but that's, it's true, right? If you're reaching out to me based on my content, I'm not running ads against you. That means I've done something emotionally like, uh, and I've, I've convinced you emotionally and the logics of, oh, I can get it for a cheaper price is still there. So yeah, go get it for a cheaper price. Yeah. Ace on Fiverr. Don't work with me. We, uh, one of our first uh, picnic guests, uh, I, you would love this guy. He's a really good friend of mine. His name was uh, Daniel Bexhart. He was like explaining on the show that how before, first he was like afraid to be expensive. Then he got to the point where if if people didn't go <gasps> by the price, then he knew it was too cheap. Too yep. cheap. So it wasn't. Yep. The, and then he got to the point that if less than three out of five people give him like uh, a, a straight up objection, where like that's way too much. If he got less than three out of five, I think it was, he would just straight up raise his price every single time. <laughs> so it, it wasn't even that he wanted to be expensive. He wanted to be so expensive that almost everybody complained. And if they didn't, he <laughs> would just raise the price every time. It makes a crazy amount of money now. <laughs> as you should, right? Like, as you, as you should. 
just value, right? Money is just value exchange. Tell me about community management, bro. What is what is it? How, how, how should people do it? How can you how can you scale it? That's the number one. Do you, every, so the, I mean, you, you, I'm glad you brought up the scaling aspect of it. But the truth is, community management. In my point is, now that I have content out that people are engaging with, you actually do have to spend time talk. Because my my thing is, when people think about building communities, they're like, ah, oh, I want a hundred thousand people. And I look at their pages, and I'm like, you're never engaging with the hundred people that like you. Like, why? Why? If I don't feel special online, it, it, let me let me back it up. This networking event, I think this whole theme is just networking. If I go up to someone and I'm like, I really love your shoes, right? Like I love your shoes or I love your watch. And they look at me and then just walk away. I'm going to feel so dumb for doing that. I'm never going to approach that person again. Now, that's a, that's a far out example, but that's kind of what happens online. If I post on your content three or four times and you never respond or acknowledge me, I'm going to be like, oh, he doesn't care about my opinion. You know, I don't want to waste my time. So I'll just move on to someone else. So what my what we focus on is now that we have the content out, how can we engage with the people that that are engaging with the content we have? And then how can we find more of the right people, right? The right pe- people in our niche to talk to. And how can we, in a sense, get them into like the the you know the world that we have mm-hmm. because a lot of it is kind of prospecting in the sense of you know I have to if I know I'm talking to accountants right I'm going to go look up hashtag accounting or hashtag small business accounting and I'm going to start engaging with people who follow that niche because you know you know you know each person is different right I don't want to talk to other marketers in that niche but if I start see accountants talking about that. I'll engage with them and I'll connect with them because again, I, I want them to start going and seeing my content to see if what I have to offer makes sense for them. I don't want to DM them and be like, buy my stuff now because I get those, you get those all the time. I have never converted on any of them. I just don't. I'm like, you don't know my, you don't know me. You don't know my situation, right? I don't need stamps. Like I'm, 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 I have a digital business. So, um, yeah, so basically what we do community management, take care of the people who take, you know, take care of us and then find more people of the right people in our niche, talk to them to bring them back into our circle. I, I like imagine you as like a little uh, caveman with like a really cool tent and then you're like running out in the woods, like grabbing people by the hair and pulling them <laughs> in your tents. And then you have like one guy keeping them in the tents and then you have like another guy running around <laughs> and dragging them in. <laughs> my brain does <laughs> I, would say, I would say yes except i would be the one that just invented like a cookie and i'm just like walking like hey you want this cookie and then someone's like no it slaps it on my hand i'm like okay and someone else is like oh yeah i really want that just follow the scent back to the cave that's pretty crazy hmm. did i write anything else down for you my friends man dude you're a great host dude i'm super impressed with you as a guest uh <laughs> Did, okay, you know, well, 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 I have you like in, in this like transition phase, right? Did you expect the person like again? This is and for context, people. This is the first time we're having a, a real conversation. We've direct messaged back and forth, but did you expect me to be the person that I portray on online? Well, I knew you were going to be very friendly, but you're actually and and I and I and I did think you were smart, but you're a little bit sharper than I imagined you would be. So, so looks, man. as a compliment, it's not like me having a bad impression. 
it's more like me being really impressed right now. Yeah. No, and, 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 and the reason I bring it up is you can be you online. You know, mm-hmm. the only point I brought up with that is I, I think there's this disconnect that I have to be this amazing person online. No one can know about my flaws. No one can know that I you know, hated my degree so much that I, you know, didn't go to class or I dropped out or, you know, um, I, I had a bad day on Monday. I straight up like lost two, like I had two leads. I was for sure thinking I was going to get them. And I lost both of them. And it was super hard. And I talk about that online um, because I don't want this, you to feel like this is a PR version of yourself. I really think that you can be who you really are on these platforms. So that's why I ask. Cause I'm like, like, let's just, let's just go back to being people, you know? It's a really interesting uh, thing to, to bring up because uh, today I had like a little workshop with my team. Mm. We we're talking about like, uh, talking about like writing a LinkedIn bio. And mm. what we've been doing is like every, every one of us has written the first version. We did a little feedback session with all of us together. Then we did a second feedback session today. And in my new bio, it basically says, it's basically like, I wasn't always like the school six figure entrepreneur that brags about himself a lot. Uh, I used to be the, I used to be like a, a broke boy living in the gym, pumping iron all day, something <laughs> like those lines. And then, my, and then my team told me like, yo, Stafford, why are you, why are you downplaying yourself so much? You know, because the way you're writing it now, you see, you, it, it looks like you were a total loser. And then all of a sudden you're here, you know, and, 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 and that's like the, and, and then I had like a strong reaction to that. Like I didn't like lose my temper and thing, but I was like, yo, this is straight up the truth. Vulnerable mm-hmm. and honest online, people really react to that because everybody else is already being like, "Yo, I'm the coolest, I'm the coolest guy here," you know. And I, I think, yeah, just like you said, you know, like if you're being honest and vulnerable online and you portray the person that you actually are, you know, so so you're just like, there's no filter between what you're, fi- well, very little filter between how you think and then how you act online. Like your online persona is just an extension of your true self. People notice that and they react to that very well. And, but the interesting thing with that, in my opinion, is as you, as, as, as you play it out more, let's say if you go through the motions that need to happen for you to like go from point A to point B, you see so many patterns in yourself mm-hmm. that I think at some point you can do some sort of automations or cold email or whatever and still be authentic because okay. it's just like, uh, it's just it's, it's just like a purified version of the thing that you already do, right? Yeah, I mean, I use a template whenever I reach out to everyone, right? Like, you know, I, 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 I t- I'm talking about like being authentic and being you, and I'm telling you, I use a template whenever I, someone reaches out to me to connect, I send them the same thing. And the reason I do that is, you know, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up right now because it's, it's, it's not a sales pitch. It's purely like I'm Nico, right? And back to what we said earlier, and I want to help you if you have questions. Not gonna, you know, it's it's. If you have questions about, I think I can't pull it up right now, but it's it's something on the lines of, my name's Nico. Here's the thing: I love marketing, I love branding, and I love talking about those two topics. If you have any questions, I want to answer them. Have a good day. That's it. I, I use that template all the time, right? And you know, some people respond to it, some people don't. But as long as it goes back to that very first thing that we said earlier in the day, which was. I want to leave everyone I meet better than I found them. If they just, if they just read that and maybe they were like, hmm, okay, cool. Right. If that's, as long as it's not negative to the conversation and it's positive, 
doing doing my job. So yeah, huge fan of templates. Like use it, use them when you're reaching out to people. Why not? Real quick, so you're you have an agency, yes. just like I, just like me. How do you, and and I wonder if your experience is the same as mine. But I would say it's pretty hard to have an agency. Yeah, very hard. This is a little bit different. Have you figured out anything that makes it easier? Do you have any tricks? Having great people you work with. Mm. You know, I, I Boundless Media started in February of 2019. It was a gonna it was gonna do the Gary Vaynerchuk for CEOs. It was gonna be the personal branding machine behind CEOs. It was just me. And it was so hard because those nights where I felt like giving up no one was there to catch me right and if something went wrong it was and it's it, as, a, as a as a owner it's always going to be your fault but you know it was purely like oh i didn't know how to do it so the best thing i did was six months ago i brought in my best friend larissa lamaster uh, as my coo and she has helped streamline our processes she has been the blessing that this company has needed so that I can do what I need to do, which is talk to clients, help them with their strategy. Um, she was up last night until 1 a.m. because I because uh, I, I knew we, you know, I had a call earlier before this, needed to work out, and then I've called after this. Um, and I was like, can, can you just help me like come up with five great graphics? Because she's really good at graphic design. And she did it, right? She, I saw the final product this morning uh, when I woke up, and I was like, having a team member that's there that catch and you know, if she, she's running into a problem, I'll step up and I'll stay up when she needs to go to bed. And, uh, it's, it's just, it's so much better by having the team. We hired our first project manager, man. He's been teaching me a lot more about who I am as a leader than any of the courses I've ever taken yet. He's producing 10 times the work that I would, if I was in his shoes, cause I'm just not good at what he does. So my, my biggest thing about having a, and it seems like, especially what you just mentioned, you, you have a team and having the right team in, you just, it will leaps and bounds. If you have to give up equity for that, perfect, but you just can't do it by yourself. I, I believe that you can't do it. So hire someone, give them equity, bring someone in that helps you be better at the things that you're bad at. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree with that. The people thing is so important. Yeah, because like here's the thing: you and I are good at a lot of things, right? We're we're great, you know. Uh, but we don't do nutrition anymore, and there's a reason. <laughs> so one of the things I've noticed, uh, I've been noticing more and more actually, is how let's say new new founders, let's say start a business last one or two years, they will have often have an idea that they're like some kind of Superman, <laughs> they can do everything better than everybody else. They haven't got punched in the throat yet, but yes. Yeah. And then at some point you realize like, you know, actually like five of these things that I thought I was like the best at, I can actually find somebody way better than me. Oh yeah. Oh, geez. I, it's a blessing. Goodness. I had that when we uh, started working with Elise uh, Sivaki as our cold outreach copywriter. I always thought like, I'm, I was always like, yeah, well, I'm really good at this. She writes like one campaign. We look at the data. It's like, all the metrics are like better. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I don't have to do this anymore. I can can outsource that to somebody now. Okay, Nico, thank you so much for being uh, with us here today. I know you got a hard stop. Uh, the website link is in this post. Um, I think you've given people more than a few good reasons to go check out your website uh, at Get Boundless Media, if I remember correctly. 
Yep. And regardless, reach out, right? Like to both of us, not just me, you know, don't think that we are creating all this content not to talk to people. I think I, I, and it took me a while because after I was, you know, had 6,000 followers, I was like, why do I keep doing this? And the answer is I only do it to have more conversations with people, right? That's, that's it. I bet you're more or less the same way, right? We don't love editing videos. We love having conversations. So do us a favor and talk to us. I, I like talking to people in the, yeah, I, I like talking to people too. And a lot of my work is actually freeing up time to do more of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would imagine it's the same for you. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Uh, like I said earlier, I was very impressed. Uh, you have the booking link. You can book another episodes, whatever you want that I'll have you. Dude, I'm more than happy, man. I, I, I just, I'm going to take you up on that. So yeah, just book another call. Uh, whenever you feel like it uh, anybody out there in the comments i will get back i will uh, come answer you right now because of my boy nico told me <laughs> and uh, thanks guys thanks for listening thanks nico uh, good luck on your next call and thanks, talk man. to you later my man yeah see you dude have a good day bye guys likewise And that marks the end of another episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for taking a whole hour to be with me and my guest today. Um, I know you are busy doing your groceries, reading articles, and looking at pictures of cute cats with hats on. I, so thank you so much for spending this time with us. Now, if there was anything that stood out to you as extra valuable or if there was anything, any insight that made you think, I would so appreciate it if you would share it as a LinkedIn post, a Facebook post, maybe put it on your Instagram story or whatever, just to share the beautiful insights of our guests, but also, of course, to help me grow the show a little bit. Now, I'm always happy to hear from you guys. So if you have any questions, any feedback, anything whatsoever, do not um, hesitate to reach out to me I'm always here to help I'm really here to support everybody Uh, thank you again for listening and please do not forget to subscribe uh, on whatever platform that you are listening to this on Stafetienpont aka The Buffery Potter out and thank you for listening to another episode of the Marketing Big Dick